The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You will remember on Friday we were talking about the sentencing of Yosef Pushka, sentenced to life in prison uh, by Mr. Justice Tony Hunt. Uh, Frank Rainey, our courts correspondent, uh, talked us through uh, the victim impact uh, statements that were made in the court and the comments made uh, by Justice Hunt uh, in the sentencing. Here's a little reminder. Mr. Justice Tony Hunt did make a few remarks before sentencing uh, Yosef Pushka. As you say, he had absolutely no discretion when it came to handing down sentence. It was a mandatory life sentence, a one size fits all when it comes to sentencing convicted murderers. And then he also touched on the subject of that um, restriction um, when it comes to sentencing. And he said that um, it was long past time that judges should have some say in setting minimum terms when it comes to life sentences. And he said that maybe there are proposals out there in relation to, to that to maybe introduce those, that maybe they will come to fruition. And he said that murders are not always the same. And he said that if he had the power to set a term, it would be a very long one. And he also spoke about whole life sentences. Again, not an option available to him, but it is an option available to other judges in other jurisdictions like in the UK. And he said that this is the kind of case that would be considered, that whole life sentence would be considered if it were available. Yeah, those are the comments, as retold by our own courts correspondent, Frank Graney, of Mr Justice Tony Hunt at that sentencing hearing uh, on Friday. With me to discuss that issue of whole life sentencing, the former governor of Mount Joy Prison, John Lonergan, and former Senator Mary-Louise O'Donnell. Um, you're both very, very welcome. Uh, Mary-Louise, would I be right in thinking you, you believe that sentences like that, whole life sentences, should be available to the judiciary in this country? Absolutely. I mean, the judge said it. He had absolutely no discretion. The first question is, why do you know discretion? When will he get discretion? How long do we have to wait to get discretion? How, how awful and heinous has serve, have certain murders to become that he will actually have discretion for minimal custodial sentencing? I, um, I was in the Senate in 2011, 2020, and I brought in a bill about this very issue twice into the House. And I might as well have been talking to the wall. The only person who actually um, backed me was Michelle Mulhern. And I came with experience and with knowledge because I became a patron of ADVIC, which is the Advocate for Victims of Homicide. And these are people who've been waiting years and years and years. These are all families and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers of people who have gone through something like Mr. and Mrs. Murphy. Um, are going through now in relation to Ashley. He's right that every murder is not the same, but some murders are beyond redemption and that they need absolute minimal custodial sentencing. I mean, there was a time parole was only at seven years, then it moved to 12 years, and now people can apply for parole up, up from 12 years on and maybe every two years since. And most, a lot of murderers... Um, it would be 19 to maybe 23 years. But you have to ask the question, what is wrong with our government that these very heinous, evil, mm. awful, appalling crimes are not dealt with and that we are waiting years and years and years. And now we have Fine Gael saying at the weekend, oh, they, it's going to be next year and it's going to be... Nobody was listening to, to, to these bills in 2014 and 15, 10 years ago. And I am not a hang em high person. I do not believe that. And if you want revenge, you can dig two graves. And the, and the judge was right. There are many and different and varying types of murder and how they come about and why they come about. But what Pushka did has to have accountability because he did not 
only murdered that beautiful girl in cold blood, but he psychologically murdered her mother, father, brother, sister, and her magnificent partner who spoke so eloquently. So at some stage, Ireland is going to have to grow up and start making mm. that minimal custodial sentences for aggravated, heinous, appalling murder is dealt with and dealt with properly. Uh, 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 w- w- what the minister, what Minister McEntee said at the weekend was that her plans include uh, increasing kind of minimum periods of, of, of detention up to 20, 25 or 30 years. Now, she she did suggest she wouldn't go as far as whole life sentences. So, listen, I'll come back to you in a moment on that, Mary Louise. No, but, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, all right, well, I, I know you want to talk to John, but do come back to me. Do come back I will, to me. I will, I promise. Uh, John Lonigan is with us, the uh, former governor of Mount Joy. John, have you, have you reservations uh, about whole life sentences? Uh, and, and do you think there are elements of the current system that actually work well? I think that our present system actually works very well. There's huge misre- misrepresentation um, around uh, the parole board system, applying for parole at 12 years uh, and uh, f- uh, spending uh, your whole life in prison. We have quite a number of people who have spent 25, 30, 35 years in prison. They probably will never get out. So the judge is a little bit inaccurate when he says that he hasn't available to him. Every life sentence means that the person has a, a warrant that will last for his or her entire life. Uh, the parole board system uh, uh, reviews cases nowadays uh, or recently uh, after 12 years um, and a life sentence. And But that does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that the person is, is likely to get out. Mm. What the parole board simply uh, does, it, it's the first stage, is to evaluate the circumstances of that particular individual. And, and the idea of, of bringing it in relatively early in a sentence is to give the parole board an opportunity to monitor and to work with the individual to see if he or she is suitable for release. But if there's a, an element of risk, which there is in a number of cases, uh, well, th- well, then the parole board will simply not uh, release the person. So we have people in our system that have been there for, for, for donkey's years and they will stay there until probably the day they die. So we, our system is very, very flexible. And the final point I'd make here on is that over the last 50 years that I have been involved, life sentences have increased from on average around 7 to 8 years to 14 years. Nowadays it's around 18, 19, 20 years. Mm. It's going to continue uh, to continuously going to increase naturally enough because that's the, about the thing. But our record in relation to evaluating the level of risk and the level of reoffending uh, is, is extraordinarily high. And the final point is a life sentence lasts forever. And even if the person is released, should he or she reoffend or fail to abide by all the various conditions that are laid down, then that person is taken back into prison and shall continue his or her life sentence until the day she dies or he dies. And I think that is a very mature, uh, reliable system. Uh, Mary Louise, um, I, I'm sure you'll want to respond to some of the points John made there. And the yeah, other question I, I, I was going to ask was about the the, the 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 commitment from government to certainly look at more severe minimum sentences, sentencing, if not well, quite life under- for their parole. Yeah, I can't understand how it takes us so long to look at this, how we're having a meeting, we're doing a report, we're all getting together. We really believe it's all a philosophy, a philosophy, a philosophy, as opposed to a general operational practicality. It's very interesting that Mr. Shaw and Mr. Evans, who met in prison in England and came into this country in 1975 and murdered two women, Elizabeth Plunkett and Mary Duffy in cold blood here in Ireland, they were not allowed, I agree with John, and they were not allowed allowed 
out of parole or out to reoffend and come back in on a warrant or anything. They were not allowed and they died in prison. But they died in prison because Michael McDowell, as a Minister for Justice, would not let them out. Now we have that, that power is now taken from the Minister of Justice, who I elect, and given to the parole board, who I do not know. Now, I'm not suggesting that they are in any way questionable, but I don't know who they are. I don't know what, how they think. I don't know who they are. And I am against that. I think a heinous, appalling, vicious, evil crime like was perpetrated on, on um, Ashleen Murphy is not fit for parole after, after 12 years, whether one comes in, in, into a room or whatever, and is not fit for, for early release or release to see will one offend again. We've had many instances of that here in Ireland at a different level where people have had grievous bodily form offended in other jurisdictions, got in and out and in and out and re-offended again. We all know about those. I am, what I'm against about is the fact that we sp- spend so long in getting to this. Savita Halapanava would be an example in relation to abortion in this country and women having a right to, you know, to control their own bodies. And she was literally like a Christ figure, had to die in one of our hospitals, you know, before literally the people said enough is enough. Not everybody who is in a sense of power really understands or obviously is not smelling the street or is understanding the way that people are thinking and Irish people are very genuine and very just but some of these crimes are above that and they are above any kind of release Mm. at any time and every judge in this country I, I don't know what John is saying because if the judge had discretion he would have said it because he actually said one of the gravest things about Joseph Pushka was the fact that nobody throughout the whole trial could find out why he did it. And that no, if he had I, I had think, him I, raised, I think, he would have considered a lifelong hmm, sentence. The verb he used was considered, but he wasn't given that option. John. Mary Louise, I mean, you're totally misrepresenting. You're, she's totally misrepresenting. The, the reality. What am I misrepresenting? You're totally. First of all, you're first of all, Mary Louise. You said you don't know who the members of the parole board are. So obviously, I you don't. haven't even taken the. You haven't even taken the trouble but to I look up that. That's, that's publicly. You tell me, John. You on, tell uh, me, Mary Louise. Let, let, let John respond, no, no, and then I'll, I'll come. Just, you, Mary no. Louise, I'll come back to you. Let John respond. There, go on. You, you, you need you, you need to. First of all, go away and prepare properly. The, the members of the parole boards since two, two, 2021, are the, the membership of it is publicly available, if you should just look it up. And it's made up of the most reputable people and organisations in the country, the Law Society, the, the Bar Council, the Probation Service, the Prison Service, the Garda Commissioner, uh, uh, the Psychology Association, the, the Psychiatric, uh, psychiatric uh, so, uh, Authorities. So all the most reputable uh, uh, professionals are represented. They're not political appointees, but there are some. But there's 15 members on it. They're all very, very high-powered, well-informed people, Mm. and they don't act irresponsibly. And what I'm saying is that, and I'm not going to go into any individuals because I think that's very unfair, but but what I'm saying is that when the courts pass a a life sentence judge, that has the potential to be a life sentence for life. And it's it's at the discretion of the parole board who will always act responsibly. And the final point I'd make is that the, the, the statistics don't back Mary Louise, uh, Mary Louise up. The statistics would show that out of hundreds of people that have been released over the last 40 years serving life sentences and are now out on license on, on, uh, under the terms of the, uh, the, the Temporary Release Act, a very a tiny, less than 1%, I would estimate, have re-offended. Mm. And that, that actually means that the parole board system... And 
and the system that's in operation up to, including today, is working very satisfactorily. And we should recognise that. Excuse me. First of all, don't you? In, I, 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 the homicide and related offences are up by twenty eight percent. I am not questioning the eligibility or, or the durability or anything else ability of the parole board. I was questioning whether that moment was taken from the minister of of justice and and to say that, uh, to infer that it's maybe somewhat better with the parole board is to suggest that it's taken out of political hands and because in some way that was weakened. I completely disagree with that. I completely, they are, they are elected members, elected ministers of this government, regardless, John, and I would have worked with you in the past, regardless of, of, of um, who decides what, where and when, I am against, I do not think there's probabilities and possibilities in relation to grievous crime, evil, awful crimes like that young man that Pushka uh, committed um, in relation to um, Ashleen Murphy. Mm. I am making an exception with those because as the judge said there are many different levels of murder there's reform in relation to murder there's change, all of those areas are there for the taking but Ireland needs to be, I think if, 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 if homicide and, and, and has gone up by 28% we need to be looking very 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 clearly at it Former Senator, Very clearly after John. Former Senator Mary Louise O'Donnell and former Governor of Mount Joy and the author John Lonergan, thank you both very, very much uh, for joining me and uh, for having that uh, robust debate. Strong views, strong views on the text line as well. It's not just mandatory and whole life term sentences that need to be looked at. The sentences being handed down for rape and child sex abuse are a joke in this country. We need mandatory sentencing rather for at least 20 years for those crimes. Uh, Eamon in Meath says, would a serial killer in Ireland only have to serve one life sentence? Another listener suggests that the minimum murder murder conviction should be 30 years behind bars. Uh, John says, we've got a good prison system. Why are the prisons awash with drugs, playstations and parties? Wonder somebody else. And this listener uh, says we need a system of fixed minimum tariffs like they have in the UK or better still, three strikes and you're out like they have in California. Recidivism is high because we keep letting the same people out. I'm not sure if three strikes and you're out really worked, did it? I mean, I, I don't know. I will bow to somebody else's superior knowledge, but my understanding of it is that the most uh, impact it had was that it exploded the prison population. I think crime came down, but it was on the way down anyway. And it went down the same amount in other states where they didn't have three strikes. And you're right. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.